0: Muslims around the world are getting ready to observe Ramadan, a month of fasting from sunrise to sundown. For many here in Houston, it's a time of reflection and spiritual growth, as well as late night trips to the Whataburger drive through Today, CityCast Houston senior producer Dina Kesba explains to producer Farrell Gibbs and me the ins and outs of a Houston Ramadan. It's Thursday, March 31st, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is Citycast Houston. Farrell and Dina, are y'all ready to talk about Ramadan?
1: Yes, I'm so excited.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Dina, you are the one who is going to do all the talking. Farrell and I have nothing but questions. <laughs> Bring it so, on. So, yeah. Okay, so like just first up, like I know it's important to Muslims, but what the heck are you going to be doing next month? Yeah. What is it?
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ramadan is the most sacred month for Muslims. It's the month that the Holy Quran was revealed. And you know, how do we know when Ramadan starts? Well, we base it off the moon since we follow a lunar calendar. So how do you how do you base it off the moon? So it starts from a new a new moon. So as soon as you see the moon is full and there's going to be a crescent the next day, that's when you know that, okay, the next day is going to be the first day of Ramadan. So that's why we have physical moon sightings by our religious leaders, be it from Saudi Arabia, anywhere around the Middle East, Pakistan, India. Everyone kind of goes out moon (laughs) sighting the night before. So like (laughs) Friday night, for example, since Ramadan is now predicted to be either Saturday or Sunday, so they'll go out Friday night... The religious leaders will go out and use a telescope to literally see whether or not there's going to be a full moon. Or is there one more day before we get a full moon?
2: Or are we going to have a new moon the next day? So there's not like one agreed upon moment where Ramadan starts for everyone. It's different for some people depending on where you are. There is
1: this huge debate in Houston, and I feel like I'm sure it happens in other places as well, where the community is so divided on the moon sighting. It's like a battle. Every year it's a battle. <laughs> the mosques are all like, no, it's not tomorrow. It's the next day. And, and we had it one year where literally the city was split in half with people fasting the day that you know, Saudi Arabia was like, all right, we see the moon. So they start. And then obviously with the time difference, you will be able to work it out and then other people will be like no it's not we want one more day so we were then celebrating the end of Ramadan separately and on different days okay so wait so
0: so like okay so anywhere in the world everywhere in the world people are looking to have the first moon sighting yes yeah everywhere and like people differ on which sighting counts
1: yeah which sighting counts and then also just like if it's accurate or not they say no 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 it's not (laughs) That's, that's not correct. <laughs> There's one more day.
2: You said religious leaders. Yeah. Is there like a group or two groups, like somewhere that says, okay, this is it, and then like somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. that, and then some people listen to that group? Where, where is the group?
1: Yeah, so like for instance, the mosque that my family follows, follows the religious leaders that are in Saudi Arabia. So they'll look to them and they'll look to Jordan and they'll look to Palestine's religious leaders to see, do they all three align because of where our families are? Whereas other mosques, which I feel like it's more, you know, the Desi community will follow Pakistan leaders, you know, their religious leaders in Pakistan. And so they'll look to them to give them the guidance.
2: I see.
0: And so, okay, so... What does Ramadan look like once once you've like decided okay, it's on? Yeah. What so, are y'all doing? <laughs> so I'll take you through like a typical day. Okay. You know, it's the first day of Ramadan.
1: Yeah. We wake up maybe 30 minutes, sometimes an hour before the sun actually rises for a meal that's called uh, Suhoor. And Suhoor is basically means that meal before the sunrise. You do like a really heavy protein meal, so you can do boiled eggs, Like beans, things that you know will fill you up and keep you full a lot longer.
0: Okay, because I you're fasting, right? You're You're going to be fasting during daylight, so you are loading up right now.
1: Yeah, loading up on water, (laughs) lots of protein. You know, satisfying any cravings that you have as well, because that happens. (laughs) And then coffee. (laughs) Coffee is a big deal for people who, you know, are avid coffee drinkers. They don't want to get that coffee headache, so they either take the coffee pill or they drink cups of coffee.
0: There are coffee pills for Ramadan.
1: Yes, people actually do those oh, caffeine wow. pills <laughs> Okay, just to help curb, okay. you know, those caffeine migraines. Oh,
0: I know those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but you can't have water during the day? Nothing. So you can't consume like... anything.
2: Oh, wow. No water too. Yeah, no
1: water, you know, no gum, nothing at all really. And you have to it's, – it's a full – set of things that you have to abstain from you're abstaining not just from food but you're also abstaining from smoking you're abstaining from gossiping you're controlling your anger you're learning to be more patient
0: oh we are gonna have such fun next month dina (laughs) yes you are all right but we have to be nice because you're you're gonna be trying really hard not to be grumpy okay so don't
2: drink coffee on zoom hide your coffee (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's all I asked. No, I'm kidding. Yes, yes. <laughs> and remind Dina that she's practicing her patience. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. We will try to be nice. Okay.
1: Yeah. So then, you know, yeah. you have your suhoor. And then mm-hmm. as soon as that call to prayer to signify, it's the which is fajr prayer, we have five daily prayers. And that first prayer of the day that happens right before the sunrise, you hear yeah. the adhan being called. That's when you know, all right, it's time for me to stop eating. And so... What,
0: you hear the...
1: The event, oh, where, the how call do you to hear prayer. Will you have apps on your phone, or you have these oh. like <laughs> little?
0: I picture like Turkish minarets. No, I <laughs>
1: don't have like a guy standing up calling all over
0: Houston. You've got an app. All right,
1: <laughs> no, they do back home. You know that's the fun yeah. thing about experiencing it back home, but not not here, not yet.
0: <laughs> so okay, your app calls you to prayer. Yes, and
1: so once you hear the call to prayer, and you know, okay time to stop eating you go pray some people go back to sleep some people have to just start their day so once you do that you start your your fast starts so it's from sunrise to sunset and you know just working on yourself spiritually praying your obligatory prayers on time trying to squeeze in moments where you can recite some of the Quran because the goal for every person is you know to try to finish reading the entire book the entire Quran during that month since that's the month that was revealed and then uh, once you get but get back home from your day, um, you have the call to prayer for the sunset, which is the kind of in the towards the end of your prayers. And once that happens, that's when you're able to break your fast.
2: Ah, so the partying begins. So, what do y'all do when you break for fast? What do you eat? So we have we kind of break it up into three course meals,
1: <laughs> and it
2: sounds like a lot, but it's
1: not. But we start out with um, like a samosa and this thing called a kubbe. Kubbe is like this fried meat pocket. So you start out, you eat that, you break your fast on your date, you eat those two things, and then you eat a little bowl of soup, and then you step away, you go pray, and then you come back for the bigger feast, and you eat a tiny bit because you really, your stomach can't fit everything, <laughs> you know? Your stomach shrinks. And people think you lose weight in Ramadan, but I swear to y'all, I always gain.
2: All that food, that food sounds delicious.
1: Now there is a huge social aspect to Ramadan.
0: Oh wait, so that's, it's, there's some fun here too.
1: There's so much fun actually. It's like okay. my favorite month of the entire world. Right, so I
0: don't have to entirely feel bad for you. No,
1: okay. not at all. All
0: right. <laughs> there's all so right. much
1: fun around both of those aspects, you know, the sahur, the pre-dawn meal, and the iftar. With iftar, which is the breaking of the fast meal that happens. You know, oftentimes you'll have families gathering together to break their fast because there's there's an abundance of reward when you feed a fasting person. Every mosque. Oh, yeah. Every (laughs) mosque in Houston also hosts uh, iftars for free so people can just go gather meet people and eat. The food that they offer and then every restaurant in houston the halal restaurants offer for the month of ramadan they switch it to a buffet style so it's not a menu order and that's really to alleviate their employees who are fasting over the years it's gotten i want to say a little bit tougher for muslims to really celebrate in the way that they have just because of the rise of islamophobia that attacks on mosques you know we've seen an increase in security around our mosques, around Tarawih prayers, you know, where there's police cars lined out just to protect people that are praying. You know, I always thought it, it was not something that I grew up seeing. It's only something that I started to see as an adult.
0: Oh, crud. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, I know it is, you know, terrible and no one should feel like they have to have an increase in security in their religious spaces in order to feel safe enough to be there. But I have to say that some people feel definitely do feel safer, and that's encouraged them to continue to go to the restaurants. And same with the mosque, you know. Having an increase in security hasn't fully discouraged some people from still keeping up with these traditions.
0: So are all the restaurants open at strange hours? Are they open super early and super late?
1: Yeah, so that's the second uh, okay. social aspect that I love about uh-huh. it. During Sahur, which is that early meal um, a lot of the restaurants will adjust their times to offer muslims to come in during their sahur and it's usually on weekends because that's really when they'll get the largest crowds because people don't have work that early or work at all on a saturday or a sunday and this one spot is just packed with people and that's like my favorite i love it so much
0: oh okay so as i'm not that i do drive around a lot at 2 a.m <laughs> but if i do and i see if this, you do yeah. now i will know okay <laughs>
1: Cedars yeah. Bakery.
0: Oh, Cedars Bakery. That's the one way out west on Richmond near Dunvale.
1: Yeah, big Lebanese bakery. They oh, they offer the most delicious pastry pies, and we eat those typically for breakfast. So they open at two a.m. and they start taking orders. People call in. People are you know coming in person. Their parking lot is usually jam packed. The uh-huh. restaurant, you can't find a place to sit because everyone's out there. And you're also trying to get your food in time <laughs> before, you know, the cutoff, before the sun rises. Right. <laughs> so you've got to oh. get there early.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I know you've talked to me about your family going through drive throughs yes. in the middle of the night. So, oh, my like, God. it's not just, like, halal restaurants. You're going to... Whoever, like, yeah. Whatever craving we have. <laughs> Whatever crazy thing you've got, at, are you all there in the car at 2 a.m.? So, the, yeah. so the, the other
1: aspect of Ramadan, you know, it's a very spiritual heavy. And one of the things is we have a prayer that goes on called Tarawih. And Tarawih, just the meaning of that word, it means rest, relax. And it's an evening prayer that begins after our fifth and final obligatory prayer in the day. It's only done in Ramadan. And they can often end around like midnight. And it happens every single every single night throughout the month. So obviously, you know, when you're fasting, your stomach shrinks. So when you're at Iftar, you really don't eat that much. And then you get to the prayer and you're standing all night praying. You get hungry afterwards. You're oh, ready yeah. for like meal number two. <laughs> <laughs> so my siblings yeah. and I used to always take my dad home and they're like all right we're gonna go to whataburger we'll we'll see you in a bit <laughs> we'll <laughs> run through the whataburger drive through <laughs> at like midnight 1 a.m and grab some food
0: you and like all the other women in heads yeah i mean everybody
1: whoever <laughs> wants to you know everyone's like going through the drive throughs
0: okay so how does it all wind up how does how do you know when ramadan is ending
1: So this goes back to that whole debate of the moon, (laughs) you know, because once you get it's only 29 to 30 days each year. So by the 28th day, they're gonna do a moon sighting, and they're going to see, okay, do we have one more day before we complete the moon, or is it going to be a new complete moon the next day, which would mean that's it. We fasted 29 days, we're done. If if they if they sight the moon and it's done. Then that 29th day, that night, we do not have the late Tarawih prayer. Instead, the celebrations begin, which is a huge, massive festival called Eid Al-Fitr. That means festival of the breaking of the fast, which marks the end of Ramadan. And so the mosques, oftentimes, you'll see people just like hugging each other, saying Eid Mubarak. And it's just it goes on until maybe like 1 a.m. where people are just celebrating, hanging out, socializing. And then you get home, and by then you should already have all the gifts that you're going to hand out. Because if you don't, by by the end of Ramadan, you're in trouble.
0: So you gotta, you gotta. So prep you have to that. shop while you're fasting. Oh my yes, God. Oh. shopping oh. while you're fasting Ooh. is
1: exhausting. Let me tell you, it yeah. <laughs> is not easy. That's why we take the yeah. time, you know. Okay. <laughs> and then once Eid starts the next day, um, what families do is they go to the morning prayers at the mosque because they offer a special Eid prayer to kind of signify and wrap up the end of this holy month. And there's three timings to accommodate the amount of people because if they just had one time for that prayer, I don't, we would never have enough room. And the beautiful thing about Houston is there's almost a mosque in like every neighborhood. So it's never an issue, but it is an issue if you just have one timing for people to attend because <laughs> it's still too many oh. people. My dad was always the big 6am-er and we hated that even throughout even <laughs> till now. <laughs> he's like, We are going to the first prayer. Everyone be ready
0: to exchange gifts at six in the morning. And we're like, Will you ever change? We're grown-ups now. We don't need to be out that early. <laughs> You're not like kids waiting for like Santa Claus. You're yeah. just I just want to sleep. sleep a little. <laughs> and he's like, the Gifts no. aren't gonna be that good. They'll still be there.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh my God. So we do the gift exchanges in the morning. And we pray that first obligatory obligatory prayer at home, which is Fajr. And then from there, we head to the mosque for the morning prayer. And it involves like a lecture, a prayer, and then people are handing out candy because you're not fasting anymore. So you get to have coffee in the morning. You get to have a (gasps) cookie. You get to eat candy in the morning.
0: (laughs) 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 So everybody brings food to the mosque to share. They bring candy. They bring sweets. Okay. coffee. That's awesome. It's really fun. And then y'all are all flying on sugar and caffeine. Yes, throughout the entire
1: <laughs> day. <laughs> yes.
0: So this is a
1: 3-day festival that happens. So the the you know, the downside of it is that sometimes it can come in the middle of the week. So you'll celebrate it that that first day in the middle of the week and then mosques will do the bigger, larger celebrations where they have a carnival and everything on the weekends to accommodate families and kids at school.
0: Is Houston different than other American cities during Ramadan?
1: You know, I feel having experienced it in DC and Virginia, mm-hmm. I really missed Houston because they didn't have the amount of mosques that we have in Houston. You know, I one of the things that I struggled with was finding a mosque close enough. Um, our community in Virginia had to rent out a floor in a hotel because there wasn't a mosque close enough to accommodate people that are like between DC and Virginia. And it's not something I've really seen anywhere else other than Houston, where you have an abundance of mosques and abundance of places that adjust their hours. In retrospect, when I think about it, Houston is one of the cities with the most amount of halal restaurants. So seeing that, naturally, they would be accommodating to people in Ramadan because they have that
2: clientele. Hey, Dina. Yeah. During the celebration, I, I've just been curious as to how it sounds, like audibly. Is there a musical component? Mm. Is there communal singing? Yes. Uh, what does so, it sound like? Yeah, there
1: is. So there's a chanting that we do where it's like Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then you, you're you repeating all these saying words like God is greatest, God is the greatest. <speaking in Hebrew> so like
0: when I
1: when we were kids, my dad would always make us recite yeah. them starting from the car at six AM when we're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't hear us. I was like, Why aren't y'all chanting? Get in get in the festival
2: mood. <laughs> he was bound to that six. He <laughs> really one. was.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for explaining all of this. Definitely.
2: Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Thanks for letting us in on that. Of course. Okay, Ferrell.
0: What else is going on around Houston today?
2: Thank you, Lisa. Well, Houston's most high-profile doctor, Dr. Peter Hotez, was quoted in Politico earlier this week in an article titled, The Fourth Shot Probably Isn't the Last Shot, which pointed out right off the bat that last year, when the vaccines first came out, Dr. Hotez called his shot about how the mRNA vaccines were not going to be enough, that the two shots that were being administered were being done so too close together which was three or four weeks apart, and he didn't think it was enough to be highly effective. Now, the article did mention that Dr. Hotez believed a third shot could be the magic formula, but even then, he cautioned it was conjecture on his part. And now this week, in the wake of a recommendation by the CDC, a fourth shot has been recommended for some, and Hotez now calls this uncharted territory. He did say that it does make sense to open these fourth doses to those who are vulnerable, particularly with BA2 becoming the dominant strain here. But also he said that, quote, the U.S. is operating with one technology, and I think that's a risky proposition.
0: That is all for our show today. CityCast is expanding to loads of new cities, so we're hiring lots of new people to make podcasts and write newsletters there. If you are interested in working with us, check it out, citycast.fm slash jobs. We will be back tomorrow. Talk with you then.